Hello. Hello. How are you? <laughs> I'm alright, mate. How are you? I'm fine. I feel like I'm doing a talk show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <coughs> that's doing, that's doing. Ooh, my wine. Nice. Word podcasting. So you're Stuart and I'm Todd. We had we had a couple of questions about live casting. Uh and I, I, it was good. I actually did a live cast two days ago, um, in Silicon. Yeah, I did one. And it was a funny. Week ago. It was, huh? I just did one in Silicon a week ago as well. It's it's, it's weird because I remember thinking, God, this is really nice. And I remember the first time I did a Silicon live cast, I hated it. Um, so maybe my my technique has changed, or I'm just used to it. But yeah, I don't do anything the way I originally learned how to do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, so the first time I did it, I did it with, with Body Double, which I don't like. They, Although they, they may have changed the formula. They actually, Body Double has a new life casting silicone now that's self-releasing. It's called Body Double Silk, and that's what I just used on, on the life cast I did. Okay. It, it does not grab hair. Cool. It's, uh, it's very much like Mold Life's... Uh, oh, the life form. The life form, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a little thicker yeah. than I would like it to be, but it it stays right where you put it. Well, we had we had a couple of good questions about live casting. One, uh, which is a, a very good question, I, I think something people don't think about is is how to get like a consistent thickness. How how to do? But we'll get to that in due course. Sure. Um, it occurred to me um, what we're not going to do because uh, it's been done better before by people like Neil Gorton's DVD and also you know your book <laughs> we, could, we could we could go into details about life casting from start to finish but it's been it, it that's been covered so i would rather kind of uh to, to to look at some some good points about good life casting take together some of the things that i found and you've got loads of oh, things. Yeah, tips and tricks like you know life casting is one yeah. of my favorite subjects and there's so many things that you can do to make it a a better experience for everybody number one being that if you're just getting into life casting yourself i think it's critically important to have it done to yourself so you mm -hmm. understand the process and you can empathize better with the person you're going to be slathering in alginate or silicone i agree i think it's a very very good thing to have done definitely i've i've had <laughs> many many a cast on myself uh, have my full body done once. That was fun. Ooh, I hope there are photographs. There are not. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I was underneath it all. I couldn't tell. But, but um, have you ever had yeah, anybody no. um, have a claustrophobic panic reaction? Yes, I have. Yeah. I finally it's, it's had weird. one last year, and it was the first one out of hundreds of life casts I've been involved with. But it was real easy to deal with. We just got the alginate off of her, and she decided she didn't want to go through it again. So that was the end of that. Uh -huh. But I'm surprised. You know, I'd heard about it from people, but most of the time when I'm doing it, my subjects fall asleep because it gets <laughs> it gets quiet, it gets dark. When the plaster bandages start to go off, it gets warm, and they're just out. Yeah, that's funny. It's when they wake up. Oh, I don't remember <laughs> where they are. Where am I? Where am I? The thing is, I mean, with that that life casting thing, it's 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 like looking at their feet and hands and seeing how they're because most people, you know, you can kind of tell early on where, how uncomfortable they find it all because yeah. it is quite, especially if it's alginate, it's cold and everything. But it's um it's one of those things where 
you know the last time i had that happen was a few years ago and the guy went through all the alginate we started putting the bandage on and then he sort of was signing he wanted to come out of it so i thought i didn't want to take it off if i could possibly avoid it because it was a full head so um I peeled away from his mouth so he could speak. And then he was fine. He said, oh, that's fine, just as long as my mouth is clear. And we did a mouth cast separately yeah. and married the two casts up afterwards. That was fine. But if I had to yank it off, I could have done. It wasn't like I was being unsympathetic. I just thought if he sure. could speak, at least we could find out. Because he wasn't flapping like a you know a mad thing. But So that that was kind of handy. So you can kind of do things. It's, it's the eyes covered and the nose and the ears and the mouth. Sometimes yeah, you It's not the most ideal clear. way to do it, but you can certainly no. piece something together if you have to. Funny thing, I did a did a life cast full face, you know, from the ears forward and down to about the collarbone of an actor for a production of Beauty and the Beast recently, and well, you know, several months ago anyway. And I didn't realize until after we had finished the whole thing that my actor was extremely claustrophobic, and he just actored up and fought through the whole thing. And I never, never had an inkling at all, you know, no white knuckling, wow. nothing. And he just. He just toughed it out through the whole thing, and he was on the verge of freaking out and just forced himself to mellow out and let it happen. And, it, and, and the cast turned out beautifully. Uh, he must have been nice to work with then. If he's, oh, he's a you know, To endure guy. that, yeah. you know, just the wearing of it is going to be a nice, nice breeze. I was impressed. So, yeah, I, I just think it's not worth you know, giving an exhaustive tutorial in live casting because it's been done before. Um, yeah. And I think, I think Neil's live casting... DVDs is fun. Yeah, it's a double disc. Second it, it pretty much covers everything on it. It's, it's pretty good. So I just wanted to make sure I made that clear because I just think there's so there are as many different techniques and tricks as there are people doing it. And yeah, no, and I think if we concentrate on if we concentrate on tips and tricks and how to how to make things better, you know, little things that you might not not think of, boom, that'll that'll I think be very beneficial. I think so. Cool. I hope so. Anyway. I hope so too. So, so uh, with, with regards to live casting, uh, I think it's just worth pointing out what live cast is for. I mean, it sounds pretty obvious for most people, but normally uh, it, it's to it's to get a you know a hard copy of, of an actor's face or performer's body part. It doesn't have to be the face, but typically it's the face or head, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, so that you can make a custom piece to fit that. But it could also be that you need to make a prop arm or something. You know, if you're going to do a severed head, for example, it's much quicker. It's just take a live cast and then make a silicon head from that and then sculpt it from scratch. You know, it's fun to do a portrait, but if you've only got a day to do the thing, it's, <laughs> it's quicker just to do a live cast. And, and funny enough, it looks just like them. <laughs> so, and then you can modify that if you need to, you know, sculpt the eyes open, whatever you need to. I learned how to life cast from David Parvin, who is a, mm -hmm. an artist and a sculptor here in Denver, Colorado, where I live, you know, but some of the, our listeners might not know. Um, and Dave does life casting, predominantly for fine art installations where he'll he'll clean things up but he does with full hair he doesn't doesn't worry about bald caps so he'll use alginate to, to get hair texture and do body parts and capturing the skin textures is really important to what he does mm -hmm. and he has a method once he's got the alginate once the alginate's set and how he does his mother mold completely different than the way most of us do it in the effects side of the business I haven't haven't been able to master it. He, rather than using plaster bandages, Dave will uh, embed pieces of cheesecloth into the alginate before it completely sets up, and then he will brush fresh lab dental plaster and more cheesecloth into that, just brushing and brushing and brushing and building up layers of the plaster and splashes all over the place. It's a it's a bloody mess, but a lot of fun. 
I prefer the plaster, plaster bandages myself just because it's it's easier. It's more expensive. Mm-hmm. It's it's easier, and to me that that balances it out for me. But the way Dave does it and the why he does it is because, as you know, once the plaster starts to set, if you're adding layers of plaster bandage and you're pressing into it, once the plaster starts to set, you don't have that give anymore. Where that's right you need some flex don't you i yeah. mean I, I i've yet to trap someone in life class but it's nice to know that if you need to bend it for some reason right you can still flex it to oh, some when degree you're, when you're when dave brushes the uh, the plaster on with a you know a big huge like uh, a wallpaper brush uh he just slathers it on there you're not applying enough pressure so you wind up having you don't get any of that dimpling that sometimes happens mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. with with bandages yeah yeah, especially if the oh yeah, you know when you get your cast out, if the alginate's not thick enough, you get that weird ripple. But we'll get to that because that ties in quite nicely with the question we had. And I also just wanted to very briefly cover, and I'm not going to go into too much detail about it, partly because I don't know that much about it, and partly because I think it would make a very good uh, post on its own about 3D scanning. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and I know some people that that uh, that do do it, and I, I'm going to talk to them about it because I think it would make a really interesting. Uh, piece with some video as well and actually see you know if they'll scan me and we can sort of tie that in with it because cool. it's 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 a it's a really neat thing i've seen it done over the years on, on on a number of productions and each time i've seen it done the the way it gets done is more simplified and smaller and more mobile it's like it's just getting easier and easier and there are even software you know where you can take photographs of things around it and then the software will recognize the common points and create a 3D model. So you don't even need a scanner. You just oh, need I know. I've, I've done that in my scul- one of my sculpture classes. Uh, Autodesk has a free software. It's called 123D Catch. And you can take a series of photographs, high angle, straight on, and low angle, 360 of your subject, upload it to the cloud, and it will stitch together a 3D model of whatever it was you just photographed. And it's actually pretty terrific. I mean, that's just a game changer, and that's only yeah. going to get better. So I'm quite excited about the prospect of that, I think. I mean, it used to, I, I heard about that for, um, for scanning, uh, like, uh, I, a few years back. I was uh, curious about the medical side of things, and I spoke to a hospital, and I had an appointment with this guy who does maxillofacial stuff. And um, he showed me, you know, the techniques that they have. And it's all pretty much what we do. It's just kind of medical grade and sterile, and everything's pretty much the same, but cost an awful lot more everything and obviously they're dealing with the clinical side of things because they have injured people with missing right. limbs or noses and eye sockets and stuff um so the idea of scanning something is is, is quite appealing because then there's, there's less invasive procedure and you know the ability to scan inside like bone density you know scan deficiencies in a jaw without actually cutting the jaw open and being able to print up you know a little thing that fits it perfectly it's, it's an exciting brave new world that it I don't, really is you know, know how to work with yet. And I, I, I need to, to get onto that because that could be so cool. <laughs> well, I've, I've seen uh, images of 3D prints that, that confectioners are doing out of sugar. Now, wow. cake toppers out of, you know, intricate designs that are, three, that are from a 3D model that are then printed in sugar uh-huh. and used to decorate all kinds of confectionery delights. So, you know, next thing... 3D printing in silicone or in human tissue. Yeah. That could be cool. Yeah. I know, I know they've cool. got 3D printers now that'll do metal, so they're actually fabricating airplane parts. 
mm-hmm. out of metal with some of the printers. Now, I know Neil's done. This is, this is one of the reasons why, because I've seen something that Neil did at Millennium for Doctor Who, where they had, you know, a performer and they, they had him scanned and they machined it up in uh, polystyrene. So the mm-hmm. detail wasn't as good for as a life cast would have been. But because I think it was for a creature suit, that kind of didn't matter because the whole thing was covered anyway. But it was very accurate because right. they didn't have to hold the pose for a long length of time and uh, there was no weight because that's something that happens a lot, that the additional weight of the cast obviously can kind of affect the posture and everything. So it was a very accurate cast. Uh, and I think it worked out about the same cost as doing it conventionally. That's pretty so neat. It's, uh, again, the detail wasn't there. So if you're doing like facial prosthetics, it's not quite there. But I, I think it will get there one day. But... I think for a while yet we're still going to be doing, you know, good life casting and that's, you know, something that we know how to do. So we'll, we'll talk about that. Let's go. Uh, so I think we should just kick off with safety and just make okay. it clear, you know, you're putting some goop on somebody's head and uh, there is scope for error. <laughs> so it's it's worth making it clear that you absolutely need to learn how to do this properly, really, before you start whether that's taking a class or watching a DVD or something. Absolutely. You've got to know the whole process, see it done from start to finish, you know what you're doing and why, because you know, it's something that's easy to mess up. No, you don't, (laughs) you don't want to do a head cast and completely enclose your subject's head with a box and then fill it with alginate. No, no one would do that. Would they Todd? That's just silly. (laughs) No, no, not even, not even, uh, I'm not going to name names, but I saw, I saw a video. (laughs) We saw a thing. Oh my God. (laughs) It still happens even today. So yeah. <laughs> not by me. And sometimes you also get like kind of life cast casualties where people say, oh, I had this done and it was like this and they did that and they put cement on my face and it took an hour. And I'm like, oh, it's not going to be anything like that. And 10 minutes later, they're sort of out of it. And I'm like, wow, that was really easy. I'm like, yeah, it shouldn't be I, any difficult. I know, I know someone at, at one of the universities where I teach who still, when she does teach life casting, puts plaster bandages directly on people's faces. No, not, not, it just makes me cringe. And also doing a cast with enough hands as well, have enough people, because you almost can't have too many people. Obviously you get tripping up over each other's feet, then there's too many, but it's just nice if someone needs to go fetch some more water, you don't have to leave them alone in the room to do it, just in case. I mean, somebody to watch the nostrils to make sure that they stay clear. Since we don't put straws in the nose. No. I can't imagine why. (laughs) (laughs) So, for those of you who don't realize the whole straws in the nose thing, it's a real bugbear. I I get that it seems like a logical um, uh, way of doing it. Almost, it may even appear safe, but it it absolutely isn't. Because, obviously, if if someone knocks that straw, you're going to carve a nice groove in the back of their nose. Oh, yes, and it's... uh... (laughs) A torrent of blood will ensue. Yeah, so let's not not do that. And also, you don't get a cast of their nose. You get a cast of their nose with a straw rammed up it. So it changes the (laughs) the shape of it fundamentally. Yeah, and it'll press down on the top lip, so you'll have these weird lines. Um, And if it comes out... Three philtrums. Yeah, exactly. And if it comes out halfway through a cast, they'll panic because... You've not really been paying attention. Uh, it's just, oh, just don't do it. <laughs> it's much easier to not use uh, straws. <laughs> uh, and I think it's also very important to uh, obviously check with them that they, there's no reason why they can't do the life casts. They're not on medication. 
they may you know check if they've got epilepsy for example little things like that because sure. you know those can play into it and check that they're they're safe and well to do it and block noses what what do you recommend for a block nose because sometimes they don't get life cast the actor's got a cold he can't breathe out of his nose yeah if if um you know you could use afrin or some kind of decongestant uh, a little spray will open up the the sinus passages it's it's not the the greatest thing to do because it is an irritant ultimately if you use it for very long but what i've done on occasion when somebody can't breathe out of their nose and i i can never breathe out of both nostrils simultaneously i've i've got sinus problems uh you can leave, get them to leave their mouth slightly open and cover the nose completely and let them just breathe through their mouth and if you're doing a prosthetic that's going to require you to have lip coverage you you want to have that extra availability on the lip area anyway when you do your positive you fill the void with clay or dental alginate just as you would the nostrils anyhow we like that i i have done um casts some people with their lower lip if they got a lot of alginate on the lip and it kind of bows down. oh yeah i've seen so that too kind of, but again that's 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 a lot to do with like putting too much on but you can kind of you know control that by holding it up maybe until the alginate's gone yeah off, if but... you if if your subject completely relaxes like i've i've had Many subjects fall asleep during full head. Do you drug your your subjects beforehand? If this is happening a lot, maybe you're putting something. <laughs> <in the coffee. laughs> Shh, Stuart, you said you wouldn't talk about that. <laughs> it's our little secret. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, if, if they get completely relaxed, their their lip is just gonna. There's not. They're not putting any tension on it. You know, like you get the frown, it'll drag them down. But if they try to keep a neutral, they just, it won't let their lip sag as much, and you wind up with a, a big drool pocket. Also, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> Paints a pretty picture. Cover and protect your carpets and stuff. Uh, the hair for the pool cap or something. Yeah, any clothing. Alginate does not like to come out of fabric. No, it kind of goes in as a liquid and then sets up and and it's the, it's it becomes one with your shirt. Uh, and any jewelry, especially any kind of rings, mm-hmm. studs not so bad, but rings not good because obviously it'll wrap around the ring and set, and so you may have to take that out if you can. But sometimes people have got piercings they can't take out, so you just kind of tape them flat just to kind of cover it up, and that should work okay. Yep. Uh, and something that I think is a good thing to do is when you get your stuff is to do a test with the person you're going to be doing the cast. Just do a little mix and you know, put it in their hand and let them play with it. Because sometimes if someone's never had a life cast done before, no, no, it's a good, I think, because each batch you get could be different. It's good to time the batch in that temperature with that water so you sure. know what, you know, how long you, you've got. And also it gives them a chance to experience the alginate and peel it off their skin because if it's the first time they've seen it. It's kind of nice you know, that it's not the first time they've met it, it's smeared all over their face. They actually have a bit of faith in the material. Right. Well, uh, because they can I think it's it. a good idea to do a test no matter what, because one, you know, alginate has a definite shelf life. You know, if you've had alginate sitting around and you haven't kept it completely airtight, six months down the road, you may mix it up. And if you haven't done a test to make sure that it's still good, you'll slather it on your subject and it'll just stay this goo uh, some municipal water supplies even have chemicals in them that will inhibit the cure of, of some alginates. So right. So you may be familiar with a the product, then go fly to a place to do a life cast and then find, find it's the, not behaving out. Yeah. Okay. So you always want to do a little test just to make sure. You know, those instances are, are pretty rare, but it does happen. And it's mm-hmm. better to be safe than, than sorry. 
for release and stuff, uh, I quite like Nivea. Some people use Vaseline, which is okay, but I find that Vaseline stays greasy for all time. Yeah, whereas Nivea's Nivea is great. kinder. There's also a cholesterol hair conditioner cholesterol, mm. called cholesterol cream that works really well as a as a release also for hair. It's kind of like a kind of a soft butter kind of color, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we should look at the two main contenders uh, for live casting. There's the the alginate school and there's the kind of silicon school. Uh, and silicon, I think, is used more commonly nowadays. I, I tend to be doing more silicon now, to be honest. Uh, but I was kind of born up and raised on alginate. So I guess we'll sure. cover alginate first. So um, well, alginate, so seaweed-based. Seaweed-based, number one. There, and they're a lot less expensive than, than silicones for live casting. Um, and they used a lot of the dental trade, aren't they? Yeah, and a lot of the newer silicones now don't have, I mean, not the, the newer alginates now, don't have silica in them. Some of the mm-hmm. older formulas have silica, which you don't want to breathe. And, you know, if, if you've worked with alginate, it you know, gets gets dusty when you start mixing it up initially, and you don't want to breathe, breathe in those silica f- molecules. But the new stuff mm-hmm. now doesn't have silica in it. Some of them even have uh, rayon fibers built in to, to give them more tear strength, so you've got tougher tougher alginates. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the thing with that. It, it's, it, it does tear quite easily, doesn't it, alginate? Yeah, you get better tear strength to some than others, but it's, it's, it, it will tear if you're not careful. If you're, if you're good with your, with your negative moles, you might be able to get two pulls, two mm-hmm. positives out of it, but they're pretty much one one-shot deals, and because you mix them with water, they're water-based, they're going to start to dry out. So if you're pressed for time and you can't do the positive until the next day, well, alginate's probably not going to be very friendly to you. So it's a one-hit wonder, and you get yeah. your master out, clean it up, and then there's, remold that. There's a sense of immediacy with alginate. Silicone will last for quite a long time, so you don't need to, to be in such a hurry to, to do your positives. And if you need to do multiple pulls, you've got, got a mold that should last you for quite a lot of them. So with the alginate, what do you, I mean, I, I quite like it quite a fast set, sort of three to five minutes. That, that, yeah. That's normally plenty, isn't it, for a, yeah. for a head? Yeah, because you don't want your subject sitting there for a, for a real long time, especially if you're doing a body cast and they're standing up. You, know, you run the risk of them fainting if their knees lock. Yeah. So the less, the less time you have to have them covered in this goop, the better. Now there are um, obviously alginate bonders, but it is quite nice to get a single, you know, do it one hit and get a single layer. Well, what would you say for your alginate? Uh, if you say you do your cast and you suddenly realize it either goes off before you finished it completely, or you've missed a spot and you realize. Well, you can uh, you can mix a a baking soda solution. Will actually, you know, you can either mix it in the water when you're making doing your alginate, or you can have a, an alginate that. Uh, spray your alginate with this baking soda solution before it completely sets up and it will give you a longer working time and it kind of makes the surface of it a little bit sticky so you can actually stick new alginate to alginate that's already gone off so you can add thickness to layers because most of the time you you can't do that no alginate set peels right off the yeah. set alginate yeah peels away from you can you give yourself it. longer working time if you use colder water it's more uncomfortable for the subject but Cold water will give you more working time. Warmer water will make it go off a lot faster. Something you can do also that I've learned is if you do a one-to-one mixture of water with glycerin, when you're, when you're mixing your alginate, you will have, it will dry out 
much slower, so you don't have to be in such a rush to to get your positive made. Oh, I've gl- not heard of that. So the glucin- you add that in there with your mix, and then does it set any quicker, or does it doesn't? Affect no, it, at it all? doesn't doesn't affect the set time. It actually um, the glycerin acts as a little bit as kind of a self release. Okay. Because it's you know it's it's a little oily, but it will just like in wet clay, it uh, stays yeah, wet yeah. longer, so it doesn't dry out nearly as fast once your once your alginate's well, gone off. Good. Yeah. Especially if you have to transport your car, so that's that's quite a nice one. Because that's something that's quite funny. Is if you you get all your stuff, you set up for your life cast, and then you have to bring in this massive, you know, twenty five, <laughs> fifty pound bag of plaster in. <laughs> so it may be tempted to take the life cast away and fill it back at the workshop, but uh, that's that's a pain if it gets damaged or you drop it. And you're, oh man, the actor's gone. What am I going to do? Yep. So uh, so silicon. Uh, I, the thing I like about silicon is you can build it up in multiple layers. Yeah, silicone know, sticks to itself just layer. nicely. Uh, and it does take a little bit longer, I find, because of that. But the final mold's reusable, so you know it can be good, like you say, for years to come. Yeah. And it doesn't tear easily. And if, and, you've made, and if you've made some pre-made keys, you know, I, every time I'm mixing silicone, I always have a little bit left over, and I've got molds for, for keys, mold keys, that I will pour up. And you can use these pre-made keys in your mm-hmm. silicone so that you've got good registration when you add your plaster afterwards. That's a good idea. And they just pop straight in. Yep. That's not something you can do with alginate, not easily anyway. No. <laughs> Silicon's more expensive as well, but again, I think you get what you pay for with these things. Yeah. Um, and one thing I would say, uh, regardless of whether you're doing something in alginate, is it's really good to take photographs, isn't it, from front side and everything, because sometimes you get your cast back and you think, uh, that, that shoulder looks wonky, and, and more often than not, it is actually them. <laughs> mm-hmm. But you just kind of need to be sure of that, so you know whether or not your the distortion is is them or or bad practice on your part. Because uh, yeah. shoulders are weird. The whole rucksack, because people you know single strap a rucksack for years, and they sort of develop asymmetrical shoulders. I think so. That's quite common. Or wonky noses. <laughs> Although actors, actors, naturalists will well, I do have a wonky nose. <laughs> It's it's weird because you don't notice it when you're looking at their face, but then when you look at a life cast, you're like, huh, it's a really ugly nose. I'd say as well, it's, it's it's good to take photos from above looking straight down as well because sometimes, you know, people may have an eye that's like a half inch more forward than the other one and it's not obvious from the front. And again, I, I did, I can't remember who it was and I wouldn't say even if I did, but there was this, we did an actress one time with a life cast full head and even though we'd filled it in the room, and then we moved on to her hands, so we managed to open the head during the time she was there. Uh, she insisted that was not her head. Wow. <laughs> it was this huge act of denial on her part. I'm like, yeah, that's your head. <laughs> you know, that's it. It's that, it's that brutal surface, whether you like it or not, shape. But It's kind of like hearing your, your own voice on, on tape for the first time. Because yeah, it sounds so different than the way you hear it in your head. <laughs> that's not my voice. I guess we should. We, we we sent a few emails back and forth, and we we suddenly realized just how many things we could think about with Algenate. Because every time I do it with different people, I find a new thing. Oh yeah. And I I spent most of this year um, working on a show, uh, last year working on a show, and I saw uh, Robin Schoonerad was doing a lot of like, he's John Schoonerad's son, and, and oh, they just they like cast so much. The Schoonies are good, and just watching. Robin work is just an absolute joy because he just knows the material so well and just a thousand little tricks. So there's a few things I picked up from him, um, which I'm going to share because I just think there's just so smart little tricks that are great. Sure. Watching him do like an arm cast as well. And it's like, my, it's so efficient. I mean, I had my arm cast a couple of times for this show and it was, 
I mean, he must have done it in less than 10 minutes by himself. I mean, it was just up to my shoulder. No wasted time. So efficient. It's well, impressive. One of the things that, that newbies run into problems with is getting the consistency of the alginate right. There's either mm-hmm. not enough water or there's too much water. I mean, you, they all come with, with a formula for, you know, X amount of alginate per X amount of water. Dave Parvin calls it the Goldilocks formula. You know, it's not <laughs> not too thick, not too runny. It's just right. You want it. You want the alginate to to stay where you put it, to not run, but to be able to spread easily so that you make sure that you get it into all the the nooks and crannies. You know, the corner of the eye, the corners of the mouth, wherever you need to, to get it yeah. that way. Um, some of the alginates that I use have a, a mixed formula of four and a half or five ounces of alginate powder per pound of water, right. which, which gives a pretty good consistency. And that's, that's, okay. that's pretty close across the board with, with most of the alginates that I work with. But again, you know, if you, if you have the opportunity to do a test and figure it out, uh, and it, the more you do it, the, the easier it is to just kind of know the mm-hmm. right, the right mixture. You know, I know there's a, for mixing ultracal, there's a formula for powder to water, but I've mm-hmm. been eyeballing it for years, and my molds turn out fine. Absolutely. I mean, I think with the alginate, what tends to happen is it's, it's, it's also scaling it up because you do a little test mix just to try it out and time it, but then you suddenly mix in up four pounds. Right. And it's like, oh, I do not want to screw this up. But uh, a, a technique that we use a lot is, you know, you put your, your powder in the in the bucket and then somebody else adds the water. So all you have to do is stir it. And then you're feeling with your hands how the consistency is changing. And you say more or less water. So, you, you know, you haven't got to try and coordinate the bucket that's heavy, full of water and the mixing it's better to again coming down to having enough people there to help yeah. you know, someone to hold the bucket, someone to pour the water, so you just mix. It's interesting because I I add the powder to the water. Oh, do you know? Yeah, it's that's wrong. So oh, that, well, that, works, that explains so much. <laughs> yeah, um, it does get a little dusty. I I sometimes use a, a jiffy mixer and a drill to yeah to, to whip so. it all up so that I can get it done faster than than using my hands. Though I do kind of like the the feel. You know, it's kind of a tactile thing. Oh, absolutely. And working you out those tell. lumps. Yeah, because sometimes you mix it up and there may be a bit right at the bottom of the bucket that's not mixed in, and you won't know unless you feel it. So, right. so it's good to fill that in. Uh, so with the alginate thickness, again, uh, with the faces and stuff, you don't want it too thick or too thin. I mean, if it's too thin, then it'll ripple in the cast when you fill it with plaster and, and it, it won't, may tear easily. It'll, it'll flop over too if you haven't used cotton fuzz in the alginate to stick to allow the the plaster. Explain the cotton fuzz. Okay. What I do is I get, I get this medical cotton that comes in sheets and I'll pull it apart so it gets fuzz. And before the alginate completely sets up, I'll, I'll lay the cotton into the alginate. And then once the alginate sets up, I pull the big chunks off and it leaves quite a bit of cotton fibers sticking in the alginate. And then when I lay my plaster bandage into it, the plaster bites to the cotton, which is stuck to the alginate and it ensures you've got good registration between your mother mold and your alginate mm-hmm. so you've got a mechanical yeah key joining the two that's, that's really nice piece. uh yeah so having having too much weight or too much thickness on there obviously if you if you've mixed up three pounds of alginate and you realize you've covered it with one and a half i, I don't think there's any point in adding more right. just because you've mixed it up because otherwise it it's heavy for them and also it could just pull their face down especially if they're older or they got like me you know a bit of weight on their face it's just gonna like sag i know, you know i'm getting jowly but, but my jowls aren't that big 
No, and then the cast you get is 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 a is a cast of them with a ton of shit on their face rather than how they actually look. So uh, that's definitely a, a thing, isn't it? To to, to not too much. And it's hard to say how much is enough. It's an experience thing, but I, I guess maybe a. I go. I go for maybe a half an inch. Yeah, I was gonna say half between inch yeah is you know that's that's plenty twelve yeah. mil something yeah like something that. like 10 that to twelve mil yeah. that should be plenty and a little thing I do often uh, if there's time is I'll do the nose first mm-hmm. depending on who the person is because if I can do the nose first they can get that discomfort out the way first and they can swear at me and look and still talk about it right and then we can move on from there because normally the nose is one of those areas that people leave to the very last. And then that's when the alternate's nearly setting and then ends up being a bit shoddy and a good life caster will have very nice nostrils. Yeah, so. I agree. Doing it first is, is the best way. Here's another tip that I learned from, uh, I can't remember who, who showed it to me, but if your subject can, can breathe well out of, out of both nostrils, again, doing it early on, but completely have them take in a deep breath and hold it and then cover the nostrils, and then have them blow out real sharply with their nose, boom, and it opens it up nicely, and then you get a really, really nice cast around the nostrils. Uh, I was saying about uh, the alginate in the face. If you put a lot on the face, I find often, from a comfort point of view, it's actually easier to do a full head than a face, because if they do a face, the weight's on the front, and they've got to compensate with the neck yeah. muscles. Whereas if it's the full head, it's, it's normally down to the shoulders. The weight's on the shoulders. It's actually a lot more comfortable. I try to let gravity head. help me do the work too. Once I get the nose done, I'll I'll start at the top of the head and just let and work my way down rather than trying to slather it up under the chin and and pull it up on the face. Let let gravity yeah. help. Yeah, which again comes down to your nice consistency because if it's runny enough, it will. It doesn't run like a you know. Yeah, a, it'll a cracked it'll, egg, it'll go where you tell it to go. Uh, and, and something I've done with a face, if I'm just doing a face cast, is sometimes I I creep the alginate past the halfway point on just the top of the head so it's like hooked on mm, just yeah. in case sometimes people smile or they kind of move their face or they may wrinkle up their nose and it, I've had faces pretty much just pop off spontaneously whereas it, it, there's a little hook that's a it good just one. goes over the top of the head it literally holds it in place but it doesn't stop it from coming off so you can still get it off easily uh, but it just hooks in over the top I want to try that thanks Stuart uh, and oh uh, the, this really cool trick that um, we were doing silicon life casts and uh, Robin did this Robin screen out really cool trick is often what happens with some of the life cuts because you're using a plastic ball cap right for the the silicon life cast often you get a bit baggy around the back of the head oh because yeah. the weight of the silicon sticks to it and it kind of sags over time what he did was he uh, when the silicon was gone off he put the first piece of bandage on pushed with his thumb so that the silicon was pushed back into where the skull was and then let that bandage set so that you had other people doing the rest of the bandage. But then when, the, when all the bandage was done, you take your thumb out, that indentation in the cast, you know that's where the skull is. So when you're shaving back your plaster cast, you know that's how far to go back. That's brilliant. Which I thought was a really neat, neat little trick. Um, but I also think it's worth mentioning to take um, measurements before you do your cast so that you can actually measure your plaster to see what the dimensions are of the real head so that you can sh- keep shaving as well to make sure that you've got an accurate cast. Yep, I've had to do that. You get people that can't be bothered shaving down, and then when they make their piece, it's like big baggy. Why doesn't this fit? Because <laughs> uh, we don't have that trouble with silicon; it stretches. There's some things that you can do to um, facilitate getting your your plaster to go off faster. Also, okay. Um, couple things you can do. You can add a little bit of salt to the water when you're mixing your plaster. That will cause it to kick faster. Then warm water will will make the plaster go off faster. Though 
did you know that if you use hot water, you can actually retard or inhibit the plaster from kicking at all? Yeah. So if it gets too hot, it'll actually go the other way. If it's too hot, it'll actually go the other way. Uh, And if you've got, have you noticed if you are mixing plaster in a bucket that's got dried plaster in it, the plaster seems to go off inordinately fast? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure what causes that, but if you have some old plaster and you, you know, rasp it down and shave, get a, a nice powder of this dried plaster called they call it Terra Alba. You can mix a little bit of that in with the water also, and that'll make your plaster go off a lot faster too. I tend to use a, a softer plaster if I'm getting one of alginate because if you're going to clean it up, you know, and you've got a lot to do, it's easy to shave down something that's softer than. Oh, absolutely, yeah, <laughs> while, anyway, it's, like, while it's so, still wet. Uh, something I got, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Neil Gorton, I saw this, who did this, which was when you've done your ball cap line that you draw onto your life cast, you know, in your head before you do your life cast, and that transfers into the alginate and then prints back onto your plaster. If you're going to shave any of that down, you might shave off your markers to drill little holes. Yeah, I think that know, was Neil. Uh, drill drill around the, the, the hairline so that no matter how much you shave down, you still have that, that line preserved, just a series of, of holes in, in that line. Uh, that's a really neat trick. I use that all the time. And then you just fill them, you know, mm-hmm. with a little bit of clay or something when you take your mold. Uh, that's a very good one to do. I did... Uh, well, there's another YouTuber called Claire Delis, and she has... Uh, we did a couple of videos, and she has some videos on her channel. I'll, I'll put them on my blog, uh, the links to them, doing a hand cast and, and a face cast, just a very simple face cast. And that's that's quite nice to see done as well. It doesn't go into nearly as much detail as Neil's DVD, but it's a nice appetizer for, for those of you who haven't seen live casts being done. Um, but hand casts, often if you're doing like an appliance, it's, it's quite easy, isn't it? There's there's a different ways of doing it, whether mm-hmm. you fill up a tube and sink the hand in, all that kind of stuff. But for, for, for flat hands, I just tend to put them on a desk and then do the alginate on top of that. And then you're not fighting gravity or, or anything. And that's covered in the video. That's a nice, easy way of doing hands. But what, I built what would a, you say for I built an adjustable hands? I built an adjustable box that I can mm-hmm. put my arm in or put somebody's arm in up to the elbow, hand out stretched flat and then fill that up with alginate actually smooth on has a new alginate that is a liquid alginate that you just add water oh i've heard of this so i've never seen it yeah done. um it, it it only works for doing body parts when you're going to fill up a container and then you want to do a foot or an arm because it it's it's so so loose it it won't won't uh hold vertically so you, you can't okay. do a face cast with it but it's great. It's real. It's like a five to one mix the alginate okay. liqu- liquefied liquid alginate with with water, and it's it's so nice for doing body parts. So you have like you so you got your little container, and then you fill up that thing. Yeah, because uh, that's one way of doing it. And you can kind of just fill something up with alginate, sink the hand in there. That's one way of doing it. Or I guess you could you know the other way is to apply it to the hand, but that that's more labor intensive. Right. May it may use less alginate, but to be honest, a lot of it can drip as well. So. It's I'll have effort, to show you pictures of the, of the adjustable box that I built because it doesn't waste a lot of alginate because if you've got the, the big tube, you've got so much of the, the space around whatever body part you've got is just alginate. And, yeah. Oh, could you send me pictures? We could put that on the blog. Yeah. Be really handy. The box na- gets narrow so that it's just beyond the, the width of your, your arm or your hand. And mm-hmm. it... It economizes the amount of alginate you use. 
Oh, oh, so an- another little trick um, is to use a separate bucket for your squeezed out plaster. You know, when mm. you put your plaster bandage in the water and then you, you squeeze out your water, is to do that squeezing out into another bucket so that the bucket that you're dunking your bandage into doesn't get, you know, full of, of, of plaster squeezings. <laughs> Which it, that's one thing. It sure does. <laughs> is, is squeezing's a word? <laughs> it is now. Because, uh, you know, I, I remember at college... Uh, someone pouring a load of plaster down the drain. It's like, no, because, of course, it, it goes down those pipes as a liquid and then sets up all uh, nice and salt. Yeah, I've got, so, uh, I've got multiple <laughs> plaster traps in, in the sinks in the shop. I've had to have a plumber come out in the past, and it's, what did you do here? What have you been eating? <laughs> uh, a high-calcium diet. <laughs> yeah, you, do want, you never want to pour liquid plaster, liquid any any stone down the drain because that stuff will set up underwater and yeah. you are in serious trouble. And the the worst thing is they can trace that to the sink. So yeah. it's not like you'll even get away with it. There's yeah. a line of white plaster going back to its source. I think <laughs> when I'm doing live casts, depends where I mean some places I've worked out like at colleges they have plaster traps. Other places don't. What I tend to do is just have lots of buckets and just let that water settle overnight. And then in the morning you can kind of pour away the water into another bucket. And then the solid sludge at the bottom, you can skip that, you know, throw it in a dumpster or a bin uh, and then get rid of the water that way. Um, but, you, uh, yeah, you can't. That water, uh, it settles overnight. That water is, is white water. That's, that's, that's plaster. And, yeah, it'll set up. So that has to be left over. Uh, I do have an illustration, I think, of a plaster trap, and I will put that uh, on the blog as well. But um, it's, it's one of those things, if you're quite dedicated and, you know, you've got a workshop and you've got a space you can have for it, then it's worth having a plaster trap. Most people won't have plaster traps in their house. <laughs> oh, it, it pays for itself almost immediately. Yes, that's something that often happens, especially on face casts or if you're doing like a full head around the neck. Sometimes if the alginate's thin at the edges, uh, you may find... I mean, ideally you want to make your alginate reasonably thick at the edges, but if it isn't thick at the edges and you find it starts curling up and lifting away from the bandage, it can kind of, when you're swilling your plaster, it can kind of flop in and get, mm-hmm. you know, messed. So it's quite nice to glue it with super glue to the plaster jacket to keep it in place. And you can sometimes, uh, Dave Parvin actually takes little little fish hooks with monofilament and a, and a little weight tied to it that he'll hook it into the alginate and hang it over the edge of the, of the plaster. And that nice. forces it to the edge. I've used uh, little clothes pins, sometimes work. Nicely, but the super glue—you wouldn't think that super glue would stick to something wet, you know, because the alginate, even after it's set up, it still feels wet to the touch because it does have water in it. It mm-hmm. actually, the super glue actually sticks to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing how that works. A little petroleum jelly also will create a suction um, and hold it together too. Oh, and there's one other thing is, is the upright and prone, because I've seen oh, people, yeah. they, should, they should be lying down when they have a face cast down. Because you, I, you I want them no. to be as comfortable as possible. If you're if you're doing a life cast for, say you're doing an autopsy corpse for NCIS or something, yeah, life cast them lying down. But if they're lying down and they're going to be standing up when they're wearing the prosthetics, gravity is yeah. pulling everything back and it's going to be really unnatural. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think they've got to be upright as much as possible. But you're right, I mean, when it's a body and stuff, you know, the weight is distributed differently when you lie down. And you've seen, I'm sure you've seen like, like, like dummies that have been made upright. And then when you lay them down, they don't look like they're lying down. They look like, you know, they're sort of <laughs> banana limbs and all bendy and the, the, the back is off the floor and stuff. And that's not what happens when you're dead. You, 
you know you relax so yeah you do need to cast in the right position especially feet i found as well if you're doing like a a foot appliance you kind of want to cast them stood up Mm -hmm. because you need that that flattening out that happens when the foot hits the ground if you if you ever look at your foot you know a bare foot look at it off the ground and then put your weight on it and see how much it changes shape oh yeah because you're that's that's a big deal (laughs) so yeah uh, i think uh, yeah keep keeping them upright is good i mean i've seen people with that they kind of incline them at 45 degrees and stuff but I still think working upright is the safest and yeah. easiest way of doing it. And also you still pulling the, the nose. It. Yeah. The nose isn't going to get alginate going up it because the nose is, is the way it is to stop water from going up there. Right. So, mm-hmm. so if you have any questions and you want to see something answered here, do please email us. We have our own special email, which is Stuart and Todd at gmail.com. Put us to work. Are we still on? Uh, we are. Uh. <laughs> so, I, so I better not say shit.